Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable once again inviting you to stay tuned for this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. Right there in cowboy country, North Florida, South Georgia, we're glad to be coming uh, to you today with a message uh, uh, that I believe will give clarity and, and give us a challenge from the Word of God today. We're living in the last of the last days. God has a particular, peculiar message for those who would be living in this time. It's not a new message. It has, it has been passed down into every successive generation from Jesus Christ and His cross to this very day that we're living in. But it is highlighted now more than ever because we are living in the last of the last days, and the perilous times are not coming, they are here. And the departing from the faith that is spoken of, and, and the emerging of a, a world church with, uh, full of compromise and really full of evil and wickedness, uh, that the false prophet will use and the Antichrist will use as a vehicle to help, uh, bring a world government and a world monetary system and temporarily a world religious system. I want you to know the Antichrist doesn't want uh, any God acknowledged, uh, let alone the true and living God. He wants to be God because he is inhabited by the very one who was cast out of heaven for that very reason. Listen very carefully today to this broadcast. We're going to be talking about living as pilgrims in a pagan world, or as I put it, based on a book title that I saw years ago, Upstream Christians in a Downstream World. Praise God. Friend of mine, there's victory for you and victory for me in Jesus Christ today. And there we are called to follow Him, regardless of of the culture around us, and therefore we have to live counter culture in order to follow Christ. That's why Jesus said, even in his day, if any man would come and follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and carry it out, flesh it out, hallelujah, and follow me. These prerequisites for following Christ are still in effect. God has not pivoted. He has not changed His mind because He changes not. The culture has changed and large portions of the church world has changed and many Christians are in the process of changing. But God has never and will never change His mind nor lower His standard. This is the prerequisite for becoming a disciple of Jesus. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow Him. I want you to know denying yourself to follow Jesus. The joy of following Jesus offsets any sacrifice of indulging self that we may give up. Praise God. I know that many people hear that word deny yourself and we're thinking of that uh, that uh, <laughs> that milkshake. We're thinking of that denying ourselves when every new year people make a resolution to go on a diet and it's a negative event. It gives us negative feelings. In fact, every time I think about dieting or fasting, it makes me want to eat. 
<laughs> a lot because I know I'm not going to be able to once I begin that diet or that fast. Denying self, self is not going to cooperate with that. We have to overrule and override self. And in order to do that, we have to have a devotion that goes beyond self. And it's in order to follow Christ. And in order to have that kind of devotion that brings that kind of disciplines to our life, we need to have a love for Him uh, that is above our love for ourselves. You see, the last day generation would be marked also with, and the reason for the perilous time begins with one singular issue. There are many other facets to it, but it said that men would be lovers of their own self. And that's why we must override and overcome that inordinate love of oneself because we love someone else more than ourselves, and that's Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Well, friend of mine, we thank you for being part of our broadcast today. We're glad to be part of the broadcast family right here on WMAF, and we are so glad that you are part of the listening family right here on WMAF. If you have your Bibles, turn with me today to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 through 11. We began last week this study with 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. You're welcome to read that to catch up. But today we're just going to read this uh, portion of Scripture today. The Bible said, but you, and if you're a Christian, this applies to you directly. If you're not a Christian, uh, please stay tuned and, and enjoy and, and go with us into God's Word today. You can follow Jesus. We can follow Jesus. You will struggle with it. We, will, we are struggling with it because we have weak flesh that we have to deny and take up our cross literally putting our own flesh on the cross. It's not just the persecutions that will come, in some cases being ostracized from certain circles. It is our own weak flesh, our own desire to be self-indulgent that must be overcome. And we've got to mortify that to follow Him, and we can with God's help. Don't ever let the devil tell you not to become a Christian because you can't live it out. And I, I want to commend you right now for the honesty and saying, I don't want to be anything. If I can't be authentic, if I can't be real, maybe you've met a lot of phonies and you don't want to be one of them. Well, we don't want anyone to be a phony. And we we don't want to be phonies either. We're not perfect. We struggle with our flesh and we admit that. But we do not struggle with one great issue that helps us overcome the flesh. And that is that Jesus Christ is worth everything that we are and everything that we have. And we, our devotion to Him that helps us to win the battle over self is what gives God the opportunity to infuse His his power, His strength into us. That's why the Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And because he knew it was by the strength that God was imparting by the Holy Spirit unto him, he, he knew it's not I that live. And he made that kind of statement. It's no more I that live. It's Christ that liveth in me. 
So to say that you can't live the Christian life is a true saying, but don't ever think that God can't live the Christian life through you, and thereby you find yourself following Jesus against the grain, against the weakness of the flesh, in spite of the temptations of the devil, in spite of the culture and the world that is pulling us in the other direction today. Let's read this. Let's identify ourselves and and see this this idea of being strangers and pilgrims here in this very short time that we spend on this earth as Christians. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 uh, through 11. It says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. I want to stop here and and uh, tell you what praises mean. It's not our worship service with our hands raised. It is the actual fruit of the Spirit uh, coming uh, alive within us by the Holy Spirit, the product of the Holy Spirit's work within the life of the believer. And it's the virtues of Him It's His character, His holy nature being reproduced in us. I read a book on the fruit of the Spirit a long time ago. I love the way it was titled. It was S-O-N, Sun Ripened Fruit. And when the fruit of the Spirit begins to uh, be realized in our life and it starts uh, ripening in our life, uh, then the character of Jesus is being reproduced in our life. So He wants every Christian to grow spiritually so that we can begin to show forth the virtues, the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust that war against your soul. So to live as a pilgrim in a pagan world. We need a new mindset. We need to understand who we are and that we are have no obligation to the flesh anymore. No obligation to the culture to fit in and blend in. It doesn't mean that we're self-righteous and condemning everybody on every hand. It means we live diametrically different because we serve a different master. We have a new mindset, therefore, amen, to serve God and to obey God from our heart and to follow His standards and not the standards that are in flux that change from day to day, generation to generation, but to live by God's standards as upstream Christians in a downstream world. We need a new focus on heaven. We talked about that last week. We we clearly need to be people on a journey, and we need to be focused on where we're going. As someone said, I think they printed it on a T-shirt some time ago. The next time the devil reminds you of where you've been as a Christian, remind him of where he's going. Well, while we're reminding him of where he's going, <laughs> we need to be reminded ourselves of where we are going. And our focus should be 
on heaven, on things above. So listen very carefully. We are different. We need to celebrate our separateness. To celebrate our separateness. Listen to the Bible in Second Corinthians chapter uh, 6 and verse 14. It says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what accord hath Christ with Belial, literally with the devil? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Hallelujah. Now, don't stop there just because the chapter changes from 6 to 7. Chapters were put in to, to interpret the Bible, to take it from the letter to, to Corinth and put it into structure. The thought is not stopped. It is carried on beautifully in chapter 7 and verse 1. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. A oh, friend of mine today, we are different to the world. We are foolish. We are fanatical. We are Jesus freaks. We are politically incorrect. And we are sexually repressed. We are intolerant, narrow-minded, and just plain stupid. Now, now friend, this is what the world is saying. Uh, that is irrefutable. You hear it on the news. You read it in the periodicals. And you may have someone in your family saying these very things about you as a Christian. The world calls us silly. God calls us saints. The world calls us weird. God calls us sanctified. The world calls us intellectually challenged. God calls us saved. The world doesn't want us around and God says, good, they're not of the world. They are mine. They belong to me. They are my sons and they are my daughters. Praise God. That's why Second, First Peter uh, chapter 2 and verse 11 says, I beseech thee as pilgrims and strangers abstain from fleshly lust that war against the soul. Abstain from fleshly lust that war against the soul. Friend of mine, God wants us to be different. He has desired and designed us as Christians to be set in contrast uh, to the world. And the world is not the earth. It is a system that Satan by and large influences because of the fall and because of the darkness that covers the, the, the whole world. Uh, we are to be those beacons uh, of light, those luminaries. In fact, God says you are the light of the world. And if we're to conquer the darkness around us, we've got to let our light shine. 
So the Bible goes way beyond the cute Christian song that says, This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine as if it's not very significant, but I'm going to let it shine anyway. No, it is very significant. It is so significant that the Bible says we're to put on the armor of light. We are against the prince of darkness, the, the spiritual wickedness in high places we're arguing with. We're, we're against the, the, the prince of darkness himself. And you know, the Bible said of his darkness that, that, that the, his darkness has covered the earth and gross darkness has covered the people in Isaiah chapter, chapter 60. Darkness has covered the earth. This is a result of the fall. This is what happened when sin entered. I, I, many of you have watched some of the movies that have brought out these analogies of, of the com- conflict between light and darkness. And I want to tell you right now, amen, light always wins the true spiritual battle. That's why it's called armor. And when we walk in the light... As He is in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses us. Hallelujah. It keeps us from being intruded on by that darkness and polluted by it and and deceived by it. Praise God. We can follow Jesus because He is light and we're walking in the light. We're walking in the truth because we're a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. Hallelujah. We're a holy nation, a peculiar people that we should show forth. And that's how our light shines when people see Christ's nature in you and in me. They see it alongside our human nature. Our human nature is not canceled. They see that we are people with emotions and and we're people with all of the hang-ups that anyone else living in a faulty body in a fallen world has. But we have a faithful Father. We have a risen Savior. And we are committed to follow Him. And somehow, in spite of our human nature, His nature is eclipsing our weaknesses and showing forth that there is one working in us and leading us and with us that is greater than He that is in this old fallen world. Hallelujah. So we need to celebrate our separateness, not by being self-righteous and self-exalting, but we need to be the humble but bold committed followers of Jesus Christ today. Celebrating your separateness, archaeologists digging in the remains of a school for imperial pages in Rome found a picture dating from the 3rd century. It shows a boy standing, his hand raised, worshiping a figure on a cross, a figure that looks like a man with the head of a donkey. Scrawled in the writing of the young person are these words, Alexaminos worships his God. Nearby, in a second inscription, it said, Alexaminos is faithful. Apparently a young man who was a Christian, who was being mocked by his schoolmates for his faithful witness, but he was not ashamed. He was faithful. Being 
a peculiar people means we're different from the world that we live in. And to live as a pilgrim in a pagan world, we must live an obedient life that will identify us as truly His people, a peculiar people. Exodus chapter 19 says this, and verse, verses 4 through 6. You've seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bare you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Now, now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people of the earth. Mine. Hallelujah. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's just exactly, you see, when God comes into covenant with any people, when He came into covenant with Abraham and made that covenant with Israel, he said, from that moment forward, you are diametrically different than anyone else on the earth because you are not just a worshiper of a God. You are in covenant with the true and the living God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And you'll be a peculiar treasure unto me. Isn't that beautiful? You'll be a peculiar treasure unto me. You know, there's in the Old Covenant, people were really doing what we probably reason. Some of us today, it seems like the wicked prosper and the, and the righteous are persecuted and there's an inequity right now. And God answered that question, that eternal question that we are, we're always going to have until we sit down with Him in the holy city and we understand it all by and by. But until we get there and we do comprehend it all, those questions will arise. And he said, when I come to take up my jewels, and that's how he refers to his covenant people, his jewels. When I come to take up my jewels, the, the same kind of reference that we're reading here, my peculiar treasure. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, then you will understand that the Lord doth make a difference between the righteous and the wicked. You may know someone that is wicked and prospering right now. You shouldn't uh, look up in, in some kind of envy to that person. You should pray for that person. If they're in wickedness and prospering, they're probably not given a second thought to their soul and where it's going to spend eternity. Oh, but you should rejoice. Even if you are doing right, and getting it in the neck right now. God doth put a difference between the righteous and the wicked. And there is, as Robert G. Lee, the great preacher of old, said, there's a pay day some day. And that day is coming for all of humankind. And that day will come to every person in this listening audience. Oh, by the way, there's a payday for the righteous too. There's a payday. There's a reward at the end of this journey for being faithful and following Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Jonathan Edwards has a wonderful sermon titled, The Christian Pilgrim. And uh, this is what he said, just an excerpt. He said, God is the highest good of the reasonable creature. 
and the enjoyment of Him is the only happiness with which our souls can be satisfied. To go to heaven, fully enjoy God, is infinitely better than the most pleasant accommodations here. Fathers and mothers, husbands and wives or children, or the company of earthly friends are but shadows, but the enjoyment of God is the substance. Therefore it becomes us to spend this life only as a journey toward heaven, as it becomes us to make the seeking of our highest end and proper good the whole work of our lives, to which we should subordinate all other concerns of life. Why, why should we labor for or set our hearts upon anything else but that which is our proper end and our true happiness? You see, God is calling us today to a radical way of life, the pilgrim life. Adopt the mindset of an alien on this earth. Fight the war against fleshly lust. Maintain a godly lifestyle in the world. And remember, a day of judgment is ahead. It is surely coming. Oh, friend of mine, I don't want to fear the judgment to come. I want to be able to face the judge himself and not be able to present myself sinlessly perfect, but to face him with a perfect heart that says, I know that in my heart of hearts, regardless of my weak flesh, it has been my endeavor to serve you, to follow you, to honor you with my life here upon the earth. As Paul put it, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to every one of us to believe, who believes. So Jesus gave us a warning, we who are living in this last of the last days. He said, he said that, that we should beware lest our hearts be filled with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life, that that life, that judgment rather, that that day come upon us unaware. There's a day coming. There's a payday coming. There's a payday for the wicked. And there's a payday for the righteous. And I'm not talking again about sinlessly perfect. I'm talking about those who have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. And those have, who have made a quality decision I want to follow Jesus. The day you want to, the day you will to, the day you surrender your life to, that's the day God will grant you the strength and grace to. And we will find ourselves following the Lord. We will stumble, but we will get up and go on. And that, my friend, is what Christian victory is all about. And when I say stumble, I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about commit adultery and lose your family and let the devil come in and, and steal all the good things that God has established in your life. I'm talking about those, those daily things that we find ourselves uh, looking to and leaning on and giving in to the flesh in. There is a way that has been made for you and I 
if we do stumble in attitude or activity to get a hold of ourselves and get a hold of our God and let God get a hold of us and get up and go on and serve the living and true God. Believe me, if God sees that is the intent of your heart, the Lord will grant you grace. The Lord will grant you mercy. And the Lord will grant you strength to come and take up your cross and follow Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray that you will find a joy in this. And not just a responsibility, a freedom to serve God and not some kind of religious restrictive box. The only thing that's going to suffer is our old weak flesh that keeps getting us in trouble, that the devil keeps appealing to and we keep giving in to. But when we put that flesh on the cross, hallelujah, it's no more you that live and it's no more I that live. It's Christ that lives in us. Well, friend, we're coming to the end of our broadcast today. Oh, how quick time flies when we're, we're in the Word of God and we're talking about the things of God today. But today as we come to the end of this broadcast, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I know one of the lies that the devil tells people all the time. He hasn't changed that lie because it works so very well. He says you can't live the Christian life. Don't be like the hypocrites that you've met. Don't be a phony. He's right, partially. He just didn't tell the whole truth. He never does. But he sprinkles just enough in the lie to try to make you believe it. You can't live for God, but you can come to Christ. You can't change yourself, but you can change your mind. And when you do, God can change you. And God can change me. Come to Jesus today. Repent of your sin and receive Him. And come back next week. And let's talk about Jesus.